Welcome back to Arguing with the Internet. On this week's episode, we're going to be exploring the question, do we work too much? Uh, so this week, we're going to follow a similar format as we did last episode, uh, wherein we find comments and arguments from the Internet, uh, pull them, show them to you, and sort of dissect them, uh, actually argue with the Internet. Um, hopefully we can cover a few more than we were able to last time. <laughs> right. Um, so how about we hop into that right away? Lewis, uh, you have the first one, I believe. Yeah, this comes from Reddit, from the uh, Ask Women subreddit. So the question is, do you believe the 40-hour work week is outdated? Why or why not? And this person responds, I think the 40-hour work week was designed for men who would go home to a clean house, a meal on the table, and all the errands are already taken care of by their wives who could stay home. If I didn't have to cook, clean, and run errands, I'd have no problem working a 40-hour week. The problem is when I have to come home and spend three hours doing chores and only get a few hours of free time. At this point, most 40-hour jobs don't offer families the ability to survive on a single income. Both parents have to work, come home, do chores, and then pass out with that much free time. All right, so I think there's a couple things going on here. Um, so this alludes a bit to the history of the the way that we work, the 40 hour work week, um, which is, you know, in some ways arbitrary. It was, you know, designed by our pioneer by, you know, Henry Ford in a very different mm -hmm. time. Um, and so maybe the, the conditions that made that, you know, a good idea at the time aren't really the same as how things are now. And then also, it's kind of just a distinction between different types of work because, you know, the housework this person alludes to is, is a kind of work, but it seems to be different than work that you get paid for, you know, whatever you do in your normal nine to five job. Um, so you got any thoughts about this, Matt? Yeah. I mean, there is the, it does seem like there's different types of work. I don't think anyone, at least today is going to deny that, um, like doing necessary domestic chores, uh, is, you know, not work at all. Right. right. I mean, if you've ever, had to clean your house you know uh most of us have right it's labor intensive right so um it's certain there's certainly work involved um but it does seem to be of a different kind it might just be because uh in one case you're working for someone like in a your typical nine to five right you're the standard nine to five employee is is an employee of someone else Whereas doing these sort of household chores is um, like a necessity for oneself. Um, right. And it, I think the way people view those are very different too, because you can be a stay at home parent and do all the child rearing and whatever domestic chores need to be done, uh, which is a lot of work, um, but you don't get paid anything for that. And society does, doesn't value it necessarily the same way they value like wage labor. But if you do the same thing for another person's family, um, then it is True. something valuable. Even though you're doing the exact same thing, it's just not for your family, not for your children. Um, right. And some, you know, some people <laughs> think that's you know, somehow better. Um, but yeah, in, in any case, it's viewed differently. But uh, I mean, in the um, in the larger scope of what this person is trying to get at, it does seem to be the case that a a single 40-hour work week job doesn't carry the weight that it used to right? right um 
I mean, they're they're alluding to the times and, you know, the, sort of like you described, like the, the Henry Ford era, right, where, yeah, a single uh, person in the family could work for 40 hours, not only provide for themselves and a spouse, but, uh, you know, make house payments, provide for their children, uh, vehicle, etc. Um, I've heard arguments kind of go both ways where this is regard, where this this is concerned, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is that uh, it seems to be the case that while uh, hours worked on average is increasing and productivity is increasing uh, to a great extent, mm-hmm. uh, take-home earnings is not, right? So earnings aren't, aren't going along with uh, increased productivity, which is a problem given that things cost more nowadays, right? And that's why right. this sort of single 40-hour workweek salary isn't cutting it anymore. Um, That's kind of an empirical matter. Everything that I've seen seems to suggest that that's the case. I suppose we can throw some some things up on screen here, you know, in terms of (laughs) the facts, the facts of the matter. I don't have them memorized, so I won't state them. Um, Right. But yeah, it's pretty rare today to have, you know, much more rare to have a one person provide the income for, you know, two adults and children. I mean, that's just right. Is not possible in the way that it used to be possible. And as you said, uh, the value of the workers has in some sense increased because people are more productive. They're able to get Mm -hmm. more done, more output from whatever labor they put in, but they're not getting compensated, uh, to match that productivity, uh, which yeah, sucks. (laughs) (laughs) well on the other side of things i have heard arguments that go something like uh yeah it's true a 40-hour work week like a single uh a single member of the family working 40 hours doesn't go as far as it used to but there are far more expenses now uh that are mm, in some sense unnecessary that didn't exist then. So it's it's not, maybe there's a little truth to the notion that uh, we're getting paid less where it compares to like spending power uh, is concerned. But mm-hmm. it's also true that we are buying, you know, the latest iPhone or that we have to have like the best internet and cable plans or if anyone has cable anymore, you know. Right. Um, but you know, like paying for all these streaming services and things, and and these are things that didn't, they weren't really around when we're talking about this uh, single worker household era, right? Right. So, yeah, the standard of living has increased, or at least we have like more fun things to do, more like mm-hmm. access to entertainment. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem that bad of a trade to not have to work so much and like not having all this. I mean, a lot of it is a necessity. Like you need internet to, to work in a lot of cases, like these things that seem like sure. luxuries are, you know, they become necessities and you're constantly comparing yourself to other people around you. So maybe it's just not possible to live in the. Right. I mean, I think it's a better way. move to say that some of these things, while they appear to be luxuries in compared to what was around in like what the thirties or something like yeah. that, uh, they are not, uh, 
they, they might be more necessary than you think. Like you mentioned an internet connection. I mean, especially mm. in these days where we have just seen like everyone, every student, you know, in the U S has been doing, yeah. you know, like remote learning. I mean, they're back in person now, but for, you know, over a year, it was mm-hmm. an internet connection, not just that, but a computer with a functional webcam, et cetera, all of these things, which right. might've been regarded as a luxury, even a decade ago, uh, seem to be necessities now. Um, however, I don't think that necessarily applies to things like the the latest iPhone or, uh, you know, like the the all the streaming services. Like I can't just have one; I have to have all of them. Right. You know. Um, and what the uh, <laughs> you know, a few years ago there was that popular meme that you know targeting millennials that it was like you know if if you stop having your avocado toast right. in the morning, you know maybe you could afford. It's kind of this argument kind of goes in that vein. Um, but when you talk about avocado toast, that's a bit petty, right? When you talk about <laughs> like multi thousand dollar phones when others are available you know it seems a little less petty right like there might be some truth to some truth to it yeah and that gets into the issue of you know how much work are you willing to do to make more money or to like to have a better Mm -hmm. standard of living like some people are willing to put in you know 60 plus hours or whatever to increase their standard of living and it reminds me of something i read about where employees at kellogg the cereal company they had a 30 hour work week, like during the great depression so that they could schedule mm-hmm. like two shifts of people. Um, and they actually voted the workers themselves voted to have a 40 hour work week brought mm. back. Uh, and it seems to be because they wanted to earn more money so that they could have more stuff. Like this is during, I think the fifties when there was this consumerist explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is something to that. I mean, there's this balance of, you know, how much do you want to work versus how much earning power do you want? Uh, right but in terms of this person's argument where you know it's it's it seems entirely reliant on this one-to-one comparison of like when the 40-hour work week was a thing that could be done by one person in the household and like everyone's making ends meet uh versus now where that seems nearly impossible at least for quite a few people if not the majority of people um the comparison is under threat by this notion that well, we have more unnecessary expenditures now. And if you were to just like mm, uh, loosen up on your consumerism, right? Perhaps there really isn't that much difference. Um, now, I I will say I am skeptical <laughs> that even if you were, you know, to buy the cheapest phone you could uh, and have the lowest quality internet possible and you know like no entertainment whatsoever i'm still skeptical that like the average salary for a 40-hour work week would be uh completely sufficient for all of the things that it was it was you know supplying in the 50s uh etc right i mean it definitely Uh, depends on where you live too i mean some places are just so expensive to live the rent mm-hmm. or the cost of housing um especially with the you know the housing prices that have increased the last year or two um yeah just you, you know outside of living with like five roommates or more like 
you know, just the, the <laughs> right. cost of, of living, um, the bare ex- essentials are really going to, you know, you're not going to go as far as you could in, um, back in the 20s or 40s or whenever. Right. Another thing that kind of falls out of this person's argument that, I, I mean, I'm not sure it's intended, but it is somewhat implied, is that... Uh, uh, they're they're more or less saying there's a there's nothing wrong with the forty hour work week in principle, right? A forty hour work week in principle is okay, so long as all of your needs are being met, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's I mean based on the way they've you know placed their argument here, it seems like they would be fine with the forty hour work week if it still worked the same way it did like in the fifties, right? Where a single 40-hour work week is enough for a whole family or, or at least a couple to survive on, uh, allowing one uh, to, you know, handle all of the household sort of work and that and that sort of thing. Um, but there are people today who are arguing that a 40-hour work week in principle is not, uh, not good, right? Yeah, you really have to decide what amount of your life is worth working. I mean, you know, 40 hours a week, you know, it's a, it's, you know, a little less than half your waking hours. Cause you know, if you sleep eight hours, you know, you still have the weekends where you're not working. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of less than half, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can really settle on like a clear, right. this is how many hours you should be working to some people. It seems like too much to some people. It seems fine. Some mm-hmm. people, it might seem like you're being lazy and it's too little. Um, so yeah, I guess it's a, per, a personal yeah. preference. I don't know how you like put a number. There are a lot of discussions that were like quantifying the hours worked and like how many is. Yeah, I mean, one thing people like to say on the internet, you know, is um, people talk about a forty-hour work week, but that doesn't include commuting mm-hmm. or like a mandatory break. You know, where you're sure you're not technically working per se, but you also aren't exactly free to leave. Uh, or, yeah. or do anything you want, you know, you're still kind of on the hook for showing back up in, in an hour, 30 minutes, whatever right. you might have. Um, in a lot of places too, the email or Slack, certain communication yeah. is expected outside of normal work hours. And so you're never Both really of us have to... been involved in academia at different yeah. times in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I still am to a certain extent. And it is, I mean, at least I can say anecdotally, pretty bad about that kind of thing you know you get emails from students all hours of the night you know and um some of them are uh i don't know if urgent is the right word perhaps the students think so you know you might have (laughs) uh an essay that's due literally at midnight student emails you at 10 p.m with a vital question you know for the their success you know what do you do do you ignore it you know i'm off um it's it's hard, you know. Yeah, you so, have to yeah. go out of your way to set boundaries and expectations, and like, but that's the expectation or the the default is you're on all the time. And right, you know, how especially you if you're really getting relax? emails not from so getting an email from a student is one thing, you know, that you have a certain position of uh, like authority there. But mm-hmm. uh, if you are an employee and you get an email from your boss, that's an entirely different matter, right? If if you ignore their email, that could be, you know, not necessarily like at the peril of losing your job or anything like that. I mean, maybe that's mm-hmm. happened, but 
uh, perhaps at the peril of like losing some reputation or whatever. You know, everyone's always trying to put their best foot forward and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Right. That's I've heard of the concept of LARPing your job, like doing live action role play of your job. Like even if you're not actually doing the work that's involved, like responding uh-huh. to Slack or responding to emails showing I'm a productive worker. Like I right. should, you know, I'm always on. And like, even if you're not doing anything that's actually productive, it's something right. that's still, is going to take up your time and energy. Well, I think it's this classic idea that uh, when it comes time for promotions or whatever, you know, you're more likely to be the one they look at if you're the one who like answers promptly. You know, you volunteer for additional tasks, that sort of thing. Was it um, Belgium that recently made it law that it's uh, it's permissible uh, not to respond to your imp- employer uh after work hours <laughs> I yeah i that. think they they just uh made it a uh like a a legally a legal four day work week or mm-hmm. was it four days i think it's four days yeah four day work week and uh you don't have to respond to your boss after hours it, it might even be firmer than that it might be they can't contact you after hours mm. um but um you know there are some jobs that have on call positions right. and you know with those that's it's an entirely different story that seems to be like innately part of the job that you uh respond after hours yeah all right well uh do you think we should move on to the next question uh yeah let's let's move on so uh this one comes from reddit um in response to a question about uh whether or not 40 hour work weeks should still exist or not given how much you know mental strain etc they uh, they create uh this person responds totally unnecessary we spend the majority of our lives working to make the rich richer who hoard their wealth like some dragon (laughs) spread the money around a wee bit increase wages and lower working hours three days of work four days of play and bring in universal basic income. I feel this is what will happen eventually due to improved technology. Uh, tax the super rich and spread the wealth, right? With more colorful language that YouTube doesn't like. Uh, <laughs> okay, so there's a lot going on here. I yeah. mean, uh, this is certainly like an aspirational post you know this is these are things we should be doing these are certainly not things we are doing currently is what this person is saying um first of all there's this notion that uh most of our labor is not benefiting us but rather it is enriching those who are already incredibly wealthy right he Mm -hmm. compares them to dragons who famously hoard their wealth uh for no real reason right like a dragon's in stories do not spend their money they just sleep on it right mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> okay uh they are advocating for three days of work which is not something you see very often uh right. four day work week extreme. occasional you see that every now and then but three days of work um they're advocating for ubi and there's the suggestion that UBI is this inevitable conclusion from improved technology. By that, I th- I think they mean automation, right? The uh, replacement of workers with machines, basically. Right. 
Um, well, yeah, and we'll then there's wealth that, uh, redistribution. Right? Yeah. So there's a lot to uh, there's a lot to poke at. Yeah. Here. Well, I would. Uh, I think that's an interesting point about universal basic income and how it's. They think it'll be inevitable based on mm-hmm. group technology, but people have been predicting that our work weeks will basically be nothing or very little for you know 100 years or more because of automation right right because of advances in technology so there was like a, a very famous prediction by uh an economist i'm not gonna say his name because i'm pretty sure i'm gonna forget what it does but <laughs> it was about 1930 uh, i want to say john maynard Keynes, um to, who had predicted that in 100 years people would be working 15 hours a week because of advances in mm-hmm. technology and we're pretty close to that that'll be in 2030 and we're definitely not working 15 hours a week and the productivity gains that we've had uh, were beyond anything that he could have imagined right. in 1930. Um, based on all the advances in technology, it has been like mind boggling. Um, so I think there's a lot in place that's keeping us from working fewer hours. And I don't think it's something that's inevitable um, by any stretch of the imagination. It, it it's certainly could happen, but it, it seems like it hasn't happened. And I think it will, will continue not to happen unless, you know, there's something drastic. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right to say that there are likely many reasons why that haven't happened. Uh, some of them are more sinister than others, right? And perhaps, perhaps I'll start with like the less sinister or or, or uh, like conspiracy-driven, you know, <laughs> uh, notions. One is that uh, while productivity has gone up, so has the demand for work that was previously non-existent, like not even conceived of, right? Like now we have things like, you know, data scientists and, you know, like uh, uh, people who program, you know, user interfaces and things like, like these jobs didn't exist until you know, like 20, 30 years ago, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, the, yeah, automation has made workers more efficiently and has made workers more efficient in things like factories and even on farms, right? Like if you look at a tractor now, I mean, the track, you don't even need a driver anymore. You just plug in some GPS locations and the tractor goes and does everything that it needs to do. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there are new jobs that uh are not automated right um so this idea that like technology is going to be this like pathway for all of us to become free of labor i mean that assumes that technology is going to be um like capable of replacing human labor across the board and that seems less likely when you're finding new kinds of work to do along the way Right, it takes time to automate a job away, especially one that requires like um, a creative mind or something. It's not just a mechanical job, you know. Screw in this uh, this nut here, you know. Hammer this nail down here. That kind of thing a machine can do. Right. Yeah, I guess if you wanted to, you know, take the standard of living and how things were going in 1930, uh, you know, apart from the Great Depression, and just. Mm-hmm automate uh ways to make that society function as it is not changing the society at all like you could probably have done that uh, by the technology we have now on the more sinister side Mm -hmm. or the 
the I guess like a more negative outlook on the on the question as to how come automation has increased or technology has made us more productive, uh, but we're still working just as much, if not more, right? One negative answer to that uh, has to do with that that feeling that you, if you've ever worked in manual labor or in a job where you're um, where you have a certain kind of quota or something like that uh, to meet by a certain time, you'll find there there's this wisdom passed amongst the employees to one another, right? Don't work too hard, right? <laughs> Don't work too hard. Why? Because you aren't going to be rewarded for it. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's almost like you're punished for it because you will be given more work, right? right. So a possible reason why automation has been increasing uh, and hours have not diminished is simply that uh, em employers are looking for uh, every way they can to get more profit, which, I mean, uh, implies that uh, if they can work you more, even if you're more productive per hour worked, that's better for them, right? That's more profit, more productivity, more profit, mm -hmm. right? There's definitely some truth to that because... You know, a lot of the arguments I see for, you know, the four day work week has been a sort of trending topic, um, either for 10 hour days, so you're still doing 40 hours or for eight hour days, you're basically cutting out eight hours. Mm -hmm. A lot of the arguments for that are, hey, we, you know, have these employees that have more free time and, you know, they like that we're valuing their work life balance and hey, they're actually more productive or if nothing right. else, they're at least equally productive. And I think if you did not have that, if they were less productive, got less stuff done, you're not going to sell that to any business. Businesses aren't going to do that because they're not, um, you know, they're not around to make workers happy. They're around to make money. Right. And anything that's going to get in the way of that you know, isn't really going to last. Well, I mean, it's complicated because there are some business models in which they need to meet certain demands and thus their productivity is only measured in so far as the demands are met on time, right? That's really the only concern. We need to ship this product by this time. This applies especially for jobs where like coding and that kind of thing involves, right? You're not going to get, uh, you're not going to get more money for coding more unnecessarily, right? It's, this is the task, finish the task. And that is the productivity we're looking for. In a job like that, it makes a lot of sense for a company to say the kind of thing you just mentioned, right? Where it's like, well, well, if we if we treat our employees well and we make sure they're well rested, you know, they tend to be more productive. Yeah, because it's it's task oriented, right? They can focus more on this task and get it done. Uh, but when you're looking at something like, um, I don't know, like a factory line or, or something where it's the more product we make, the more product we sell. I'm not sure the same holds. I mean, it's it's somewhat of an empirical question, you know, but while sure, like a well-rested employee might be more productive for the hours they work, if you take a slightly less productive employee and work them, you know, like an additional 20 hours per week, then that well-rested employee you might still come out ahead 
right? Yeah. And if that's the case for that kind of business plan where it's it's like produce the most you can, I mean, it's still, if like their eye is on profit, that's still the best move for them. Right. I think it does depend on the type of work. So like manufacturing, um, things like that, you can that you don't need necessarily concentration or well, I guess you could have concentration, but like something you kind of, once you know how to do it, it's more rote. Mm-hmm. Um, like those types of things, like the more you're there, the more you're going to get done unless you're, you know, so exhausted that you make a mistake. That's um, right. Something really bad happens. Someone gets injured. Um, you know, barring things like that. Yeah. The more you're there, the more work you're going to get done. Uh, but other types of jobs, like uh, people call it knowledge work where you're you know, coding or, Things where you're having to use, um, I guess, more intellectual capacity. You're coming up with new ideas, new knowledge. Once you pass a certain point of work, you might do worse work, right. uh, which can actually have a negative impact depending on what it is you're doing. You might you know, produce a worse product or worse service. That It would be better off if you worked fewer hours, got less done, but it was better quality work. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it does depend on... Uh, the specific circumstances of the job. Yeah, I mean, certainly in the circumstance you mentioned, which I, I hadn't even, uh, I didn't think of when I was initially bringing this up. Uh, you know, when, when the quality of your work is going to be the difference between someone living and dying, right? Like a surgeon, for example, or something like that. Uh, it might be even more valuable to have a well-rested, uh, high quality uh, uh, over high output uh yeah. productivity uh sort of uh mindset there um but yeah i mean there are there are even more sort of mm, negative conspiratorial outlooks on the notion as to you know why do we still work so much given that automation is uh or at least it seems like we should have achieved a certain level of automation that kind of thing uh, one of those, and this one is fairly conspiratorial, I think, uh, but is still heard in a few circles on the internet, um, is that it's it's the case because they, whoever they are, right, mm-hmm. want to keep us occupied, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, so long as we're occupied doing especially trivial, you know, menial work, um, you don't have time to organize. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't have time to massive massively protest or anything like that uh, i have no evidence <laughs> for, for <laughs> such a claim but it's out yeah. there no it's and i i could definitely have seen it more like in the throes of the industrial revolution where people were working 16 mm. hours a day six days a week like they had no time to do anything else like right and they People did protest or revolt and put their lives on the line for that, but that was just because they were at the, the breaking point. I mean, most of them couldn't really think that far ahead. It was just certain they were in survival mode. Right. I mean, at this point, I think it's also important that we make a distinction between, again, this kind of comes down to different kinds of work that we mentioned when we were discussing the previous comment. Um, but I don't think anyone is going to be objecting to doing 40 hours of work like if you own a homestead or like your own like mm-hmm. small farm or something like that and your subsistence subsistence farming. Um, mm-hmm. And this is like what you live to do, you know, like you wake up and you really just want to live on the land, that kind of thing, right? I don't think anyone's calling for that to be abolished, 
right? Like, oh, those people <laughs> shouldn't be allowed to uh, to do that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it seems more like people are ex exclusively concerned with a 40 hour work week wherein you are employed by someone else, right? Right. And it's kind of, it's a situation where you either work the 40 hours or you're in poverty or you can't mm. have a home, you're homeless. And, you know, so that's sort of the, the alternative, but in situations right. where, you know, you're your own boss and you can decide for yourself how much work is enough. Right. It, it's it's some like entrepreneurs, people with their own businesses, they're still in the practice of trading their labor essentially for money. Uh, but it's a much more direct trade in their case. When you are working for someone else, you are trading your labor uh, and receiving money from someone else who also takes a bit of it. Right, because that's the whole idea out of out of having a job. You don't reap one hundred percent of the profits of your labor. If you did, uh, there would be nothing for the employer, right? Right. So, um, you get a partial return back on your labor. Um, I think that is what people are talking about for the most part when they're they're discussing these like changes to the forty hour work week. You know, going down to four work work days are in this guy's case three <laughs> you know um right. which you know maybe isn't so absurd especially if you know their idea of improved technology is realistic i'm not convinced that it is at this point um maybe in the future you know but uh right now it doesn't seem like we have the means to automate especially these highly in-demand jobs uh, we see today like various coding jobs and things like that. Yeah. Um, but one thing I do wonder is, you know, if we could somehow, um, if we knew exactly how much work needed to be done to sustain society and really looked at how much work was actually being done, how mm -hmm. those would match up. Because I, I know, like, I haven't had a job like this specifically, but I know a lot of people have jobs where they basically don't do anything. They just like are on social media all day and they maybe like go to a meeting, respond to some emails they maybe do like up to three hours of work a day. Well, let's not, let's, let's avoid, uh, if we can, uh, dismissing some work as not work, you know, how, no matter how mm. tempting it may be, because there are social media managers, you know, and people like that who like, that's all they do. That's what they're employed to do. I assume their work is in some way increasing the profit margin of a company. So it's, you know, it's, it's gotta have some value, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay. I, did, I mean, I don't know how much like uh, empirical work there is on this, but there was this like this book that I read called BS Jobs by David Graeber, where he, mm -hmm. he uh, asked people to write in about jobs they had that he thought they thought weren't contributing to society uh, at all. Okay. And so some of them were like a receptionist that worked for a super small company that didn't do anything, but the company just wanted to have a receptionist so they could be mm -hmm. considered. Uh, seen to be a certain type of company like oh yeah. we have a receptionist we're reputable and so you know this is again like all based on anecdotal evidence but you know it does seem like there are certain jobs where people don't at least they're, they're not getting the full eight hours of work in oh and yeah I, and i do that as well like if i'm working eight hours you know i'm obviously not getting eight hours of productive work and i take breaks and you know sometimes you just look at your phone right. or whatever you're not being fully productive and so if you if you took that time off, maybe you only have people work four hours a day, but they 
can't have their phones they have to be super productive maybe you could get the same amount of work out of them right i mean i've heard that kind of argument before and there are some countries where it seems to work more like that like Germany, for example, is is said to be more like that. I've never worked in Germany. I've never lived in Germany, but you know, it's it's what I've read looking around on the internet. Um, but it would require this very difficult culture transition because you're right, especially if you work in an office and like maybe you don't have time if you're working in a factory or something to like mess around on your phone or something like that. Um, but if you're working in an office and, you know, your job is to prepare, like, reports for middle management or something like that, uh, you know, tasks that can be accomplished with, you know, just like an hour or so of focused effort. And then the rest of the day is just sort of waiting for additional tasks that may or may not ever come. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's I mean, there's nothing else to do but to kind of mess around waiting for more work to happen. Um, but to change it up to move to this model wherein okay no we're just gonna ask them to do their work and then they can leave right just come in and like complete your work and then maybe you only have to work four hours right well when you're so used to this position wherein most of the time you spend at work is messing around there is this worry i've heard expressed where like that transition would be very messy because people are so used to messing around that they aren't going to be able to accomplish what they need, you know, doing their work in a very like serious, uh, uh, no break fashion. Um, mm-hmm. Now maybe that's an unfounded worry, right? But it but it is something it is something I've had it, uh, uh, something I've heard. Basically, in effect. <laughs> The argument is workers have become so used to being bad at working, right? In in the sense of maintaining constant productivity, yeah. That to suddenly expect them to remain constantly productive is asking too much, right? But I just wonder if, yeah, the, the people that argue that yeah we do need forty hours of work or something similar to that, like, how do you tell like what people are actually capable of? Like, maybe people are on their phones a lot or. Just because, you know, they they can only do a few hours of work a day and mm. a focused work. And then the rest of the time is, you know, it, maybe some people can do, you know, 10 hours of focused work a day, but others can't. And so you're, you know, just asking people to, to be in an office or be in an environment that they're not actually suited for. And it's not going to you know, increase anyone, uh, increase any output. But we, you know, we have the idea that you know, businesses and capitalism always produces these efficiencies, which you know, I'm not mm-hmm. exactly sure is true. I mean, it's also the case, though, once again, that there are different kinds of work, right? And some of them, like the coding job I mentioned earlier, uh, might very well be the kind where you show up and if you really crush out those four hours, you can finish your day's work you know mm-hmm. uh but there are going to be others like customer service representatives who are expected to be available like mm-hmm. at the phone from this time to this time and that's the job not this task right it's it's you are here to be available to a customer or whatever i mean it would work this way as well so you know it's not just customer service though it i guess is a kind of customer service um but yeah, so yeah. so jobs that aren't explicitly like task oriented, that are more service oriented or, or something of the sort. Um, I'm not sure that idea of like, oh, we'll just crush out your hours really quickly. I, I don't. I'm not sure that that could work for them. Right. 
That is that is true. It does depend on the gen. And actually does transition to our next comment, even though we didn't actually finish this this one. But yeah, well, there's a there's a lot here. I mean, uh, we'll probably touch back on some of this. The the only things of importance that we didn't really hit here, uh, whether or not UBI is like mm -hmm. one a good idea, and two if it necessarily follows from automation. Uh, and then the last thing, obviously, the redistribution of wealth, right? Whether or not that is um, that's a thing that yeah. should be pursued but uh what about this next one yeah so I mean, i'm sure we'll get back to some of these stuff yeah oh certainly bit. yeah okay so this is from twitter um and it's a exchange between three people so the first one is a, a doctor medical resident who says you want to thank residents stop making this an acceptable work week and there's a mm. screenshot of um an app showing the number of hours they've worked which totals to 66 for the week and someone else replies, after a weekend on call, sometimes I would work this much by Tuesday. This seems like a pretty standard work week, six, 12 hour days. With so many people trying to decrease the training work hours, how are the residents going to acclimate themselves to real practice when they finish? So they're basically arguing that, yeah, this is a lot of hours, but you're gonna have to work a lot of hours once you're done with your residency as a medical doctor. So you better get used to it. Right. And this other person responds, I get that it sucks. But we only have so many doctors. You need to learn the skills in order to do this job effectively. This is part of the reality of the profession as it stands. I agree we should be better compensated, but 66 hours, shrug. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just as you were talking about before, uh, the number of hours that one could be expected to work or that one would need to work for a job, you know, it depends on the specific job. And in this case, um, you know, medical doctors are, you know, have the reputation for having to work long hours not only when they're actually a doctor but in their training as well mm -hmm. and this you know this is something that might not really be avoidable if you want to you know use the full capacity of the medical system to you know give patients uh the best medical care possible because we only have so many doctors um, and it takes a lot of training for people to be uh able to to do surgeries and treat patients and so you know unless you want to have a lot of patients that might go untreated you have to have a situation where doctors work long hours yeah i mean it's a bit more difficult to argue that you know like a doctor should be working less when working less for doctors across the board might imply that people go untreated or even die right mm -hmm. um at the same time uh you can ask the question you know whether or not it can be any other way, right? Like the rea the current reality, as this last comment in this thread points out, uh, is this, it seems. You know, doctors work a lot. That is the current reality. Therefore, you know, residents who are preparing to be, you know, full doctors um, should adjust to that reality. Okay, but that's current reality. We have to ask the question, you know, should it be this way? And there are a couple of ways to go about that. One is to say, we'll accept the way things are in exchange for better compensation, which seems to be what the person, the last person in this thread is, is going towards, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we should be better compensated, blah, 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 right? Uh, that's one way to handle it. But, uh, you know, you can have all the money in the world if you, you know, never get to see your family or, or do yeah. anything with the money. I'm not sure it's it's worth all that much. And there's that uh, that thing we've been discussing so far 
a couple of times when it seems like uh, employees might be more effective, maybe not productive in terms of overall numbers, maybe even still, um, but at least more effective if they're well-rested and happy, that kind of thing. Um, right, they can certainly see more patients if they're working these crazy long hours. But, right, you can see more patients, but... But, yeah, I mean, uh, the quality, I mean, you know, having had, like, I have a six-month-old, and so I spent a lot of, you know, sleepless nights and had a lot of sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. I would not want to... You know, I don't, I don't even want to drive or anything like anything that's going to potentially put myself or anyone else at, at risk. Like if you're that sleep deprived, you're working like crazy hours, like a lot of medical students do. Like you're not going to be mm -hmm. making the best decisions and people's lives are at stake. At stake right. Now, maybe that's uh, maybe there's compensation for that, given that, you know, medical care is never undertaken by a single like if you go to a hospital, you don't just have a single doctor looking after you. You know, mm -hmm. there there's teams of nurses and other healthcare professionals who are involved. So maybe that kind of checking, cross checking, can eliminate some of that. But still, it's it is somewhat worrisome. So that so one way to deal with it is to say, well, we'll just increase compensation. Yeah, it sucks, but uh, get used to it. That's what it is. We at least get paid really well. And there's mm -hmm. also the social prestige, you know, being right. a doctor. Um, another way is to say that uh, while this is current reality, it does not have to be future reality, right? And there are some ways you could handle this for this profession specifically, right? Like you mentioned, and like the second person in this thread mentions, there's a certain kind of training that you need in order to be an effective doctor uh, or a doctor at all, right? Uh, and there just aren't enough people with that training uh to ease up these work hours right maybe if you made the training more accessible right maybe if you know admittances to medical schools were incentivized either by the government or some some someone else it, private bodies whatever that would eventually maybe cut down on uh the 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 need for doctors to work such hours but again that's kind of future oriented that's not present case right and yeah i mean there are several options i mean like you said you can increase the number of people who are admitted into medical school because there's mm -hmm. clearly way more people that want to be doctors than can and you can alleviate some of the responsibility by giving nurses or nurse practitioners physicians assistants more yeah. responsibility which is you know, happening in some cases i think we're also experiencing a shortage in in yeah. nurses and nurse <laughs> practitioners though so that's true and they also yeah. often work you know really long hours and they do they're not yeah. compensated to, to the same extent um but yeah i mean there's there's yeah you could restructure the way things work but you do still have the problem of what do you do right now mm -hmm. uh, in the meantime I mean, the same, uh, like, it's it's an obvious case with doctors, right? Everyone knows they work crazy hours. At least a lot of them do. Um, but there are other professions that have much the same problem, right? Like uh, firefighters, for example. You know, many nights they're sleeping at the firehouse, right? Um, they they It's one of those jobs where you need to be on call, right? I, I guess it's more or less any profession where you need to be on call, in order for the job to work, right? If you don't have anyone on call and it's, you're a fire station, you know, so, I mean, someone's got to respond to the fires whatever time they occur. Same thing for EMS, right? More or less anything in, in, the, in a medical field, 
that involves like emergency care, right? Um, yeah, there's going to be long hours. And some of that, I think, as you alluded to, is is related to compensation in, other, in ways that aren't just monetary. So, um, like firefighters, for instance, like they might have to work long hours. They don't really get paid that well, but right. they have a lot of prestige because um, people don't hate firefighters like mm -hmm. some people hate cops or, or right. Or well, I mean, a firefighter. I think it's because, or at least as people say, you know, when you see a firefighter show up, they're not there to mess with you or anything. Like they're exclusively there to help. Right. Um, they just help people. Right. Um, so yeah, like people, you know, there's a lot of social value um, in being a firefighter. Um, and same thing with a doctor, nurse, mm -hmm. like all these positions. Like even if you're not compensated monetarily, you still do get um, some social capital from that. And um, yeah, I mean, it's similar to, to other professions where people get something else out of it. Like if they're passionate about it, they really enjoy what they do. Um, mm -hmm. That can be taken as a kind of compensation itself. Like, oh, maybe you have to work crazy hours. Like in academia, for instance, that's very common for people to work crazy hours and not necessarily be compensated super well, especially if like they're undergrad or graduate. But they're supposed to kind of take it because, oh, this is like something you, you love, right? You're doing this because you're right. passionate about it. Right. Um, but that, that does lead the uh, lead the option to be exploited. Uh, yeah. And not be yeah. fairly compensated. I mean, that common saying is something, what is it? Like, uh, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life right. or something like that, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all well and good until someone exploits that passion. Yeah. Right? Like, um I, I know that some like very highly ranked hospitals, for example, uh, don't pay their doctors competitive salaries because they know that the doctors will stay there because of the prestige, right? It's it's mm -hmm. uh, it's like an it's an honor for you to work here, right? And right. therefore, we don't have to offer you like highly competitive salaries, which is you know exploitative, uh, yeah. is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it seems like at least in present day, there are some professions where maybe working more than 40 hours a week simply can't be helped. You know, if, yeah. if we want to meet the, the, uh, like needs of society. Right. Right. Of course, we could is, leave you could also take untreated. the, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that's what I was going to say. You could just take that and be like, well, you know, having work-life balance is more important than like everybody you know, getting their colon checked or whatever. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, sure. Okay. Getting a colon checked, maybe you can do that, you know, a week two later, but you know, get getting treatment for a gunshot wound. Now you want that doctor on call, you know? Uh, yeah, that's true. So it's, that one's tricky. It's tricky. It seems like there might be room to say that this, uh, this idea that a 40 hour work week should be universally abolished. Mm -hmm. One, as we mentioned, there are some people who do what they do and it's genuinely a passion for them. And maybe they're not being exploited, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, like, especially if they're like a homesteader or some, someone who's like working for themselves, like an entrepreneur of any kind, you know, uh, or if you're working in this kind of field where you doing your work is like necessary for mm, like the social good. Right. Mm -hmm. um, maybe there's, at the very least, some exceptions to that argument. You know, 40-hour work week should be abolished, blah, blah, blah. 
Right. Yeah, that does seem to be the case. I think we should go to the next comment. Yeah. Yeah. This next one is a bit of a change up, right? So this is uh, another comment from Reddit. Um, replying to a question as to whether or not it's worth it to just continue working a 40-hour work week, you know, just waiting for the weekends for your entire mm -hmm. life. Uh, <laughs> uh, this person says, well, there's a flip side to this as well. As consumers, we have to stop demanding that McDonald's and Walmart be open 24-7 and that our products get here in two days and that our Xboxes are never out of stock. We drive a lot of the practices that are driving those quotas up. Uh, and I pulled this one not because I, I, honestly, I'm not sure I have much to disagree with here. I just think it's a, um, it's a pretty good take, right? It's, it's popular nowadays, at least amongst younger people, to say that we are working too much, right? Mm -hmm. That we're working too much. We should at least move down to a four, uh, four day work week, etc. Uh, however, we. You know, I and most people I know engage in these hyper consumeristic practices. You know, right. I have my packages delivered by Amazon, you know, not not in two days, in many cases, the next day, uh, mm -hmm. sometimes the same day. Right. Right. Um, you know, I uh, I shop at stores incredibly late. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll go pick up some necessity from a grocery store at like nine or 10 p.m right um it's difficult to argue that people shouldn't be working 40-hour work weeks and we should have four you know four-day work work weeks when your very practices like as a consumer demands so much labor right like all of these things that i've mentioned there are people behind that right and i and i don't mean big giant you know, corporations, I mean, single employees who are doing this labor, you know, someone, that thing I bought from Amazon, that's going to get to me tomorrow when I could, you know, happily receive it five days later. Uh, uh, someone has to pull that from the shelf. Someone has to box it up. You know, someone has to move it down the line. It's got to get on a truck, which gets driven, you know, and then it gets yeah. unpacked again. And then a mail carrier brings it to me, you know, there's, at minimum like 10 people involved in this process of getting this thing that I did not need at all. And it certainly didn't need the very next day. Right. right. Um, yeah. So I definitely think there's, there is something to this where if you, know, you want to say that we should work fewer hours or we should cut down to like a 32 hours a week or whatever it is, 20 hours a week, then there would have to be some some cost to that where you know you couldn't have the same access you know as this person's saying to like 24-hour access to, to food um, grocery stores because there just wouldn't be enough people uh to stock and to to be there to work um so that's it's, i mean for me like if if i didn't have to work as many hours and had to give up a little bit of the ease of life like i would definitely do that but that's something mm -hmm. that is a very personal decision and i think it's something that you can't really you can't really like ease into it i guess like because it seems like the main way that you know if we are going to work fewer hours if like the standard work week is going to go down from 40 hours a week it's probably gonna have to be th through some government intervention mm. because that's what's happened in the past you know people right. got exploited 
during the days of the Industrial Revolution and the way that they got to work fewer hours is by government or by legislation. Um, and so if that does happen, then we would see the effects after that. And so we wouldn't really get to sort of ease into that. Right. So we have to decide beforehand, you know, is that something that we're willing to risk? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think many people think about that kind of implication. It seems like it, most people are kind of pie in the sky with this kind of stuff. They think, you know, mm-hmm. they oh, we can lower working hours and that's not going to change my my life at all except i'm going to have more free time you know maybe slightly less money but way more free time they it's it's almost like they have this notion of like a a star trek kind of utopia right where for those not familiar with star trek shame on you uh (laughs) they uh (laughs) they have advanced uh in in as a society to this form of economy where no no one has to work anymore at all no one has to work People do. People choose to work. Uh, but no one really has to. They don't even have money, right? Because whatever you need, you can get it. The key difference between a world like that in Star Trek and our world is that they have fabricators where they can literally make anything out right. of out of matter, right? They more or less can magic things into existence. We don't have that, right? There's if no you more want scarcity. that Big Mac at 11 p.m there's a team of people that are going to be required to make that for you it's not a machine right there's not a magic machine that's going to make it for you so your consumerism does require additional labor right it's you can't have one without the other you know um unfortunately we just don't have that (laughs) that kind of technology right yeah i wonder yeah if people really did think about these consequences, how much they would you know, really change their mind potentially about this. I do wonder about like, I mean, this is an empirical question, how much it would change um, the ease of consumerism. But, you know, France has pretty uh, strict policies on, like, I think people can't work overnight shifts, at least in like certain professions or like, they're, you know, they're very strict in like what you can and can't do with regards to work. So, mm. but I don't know, like, uh, how much has changed society there, how much like people value that or are upset by that. Um, but yeah, again, it's kind of an empirical question, but it is something that's important to consider in your, your values. We've, we've said, we've used this phrase a few times now, I think probably in former episodes as well. Maybe we should unpack it. When we say it's an empirical question, mm. what it's, it's a, it's philosophical parlance. What, what that means is that this is a question uh, that can only be answered with a fact of the matter, right? There is a fact that answers this question. And in order to answer it, we need that data, right? So it's one way or the other, depending on the data, and we don't have... Typically, when someone says, oh, that's an empirical question, <laughs> what they mean is we don't, we can't answer that because we don't have the data, right? Right. There's only um, so much you could do with thinking and speculation. Specula- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we are getting short on time. How about we do one more? Okay. Yeah, this next one is a short one from Twitter. Uh, this person says, if you prioritize your happiness over hard work, it's likely you won't be successful or as successful as you could. Happiness doesn't always equal money. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, this person's, you know, this is kind of a, 
seems a little strange to me, but like most people, if you ask them like what they want, they'll say they want to be happy. But this person's saying you should actually prioritize hard work um, to be successful. And that might lead you to more happiness or it might just be beneficial in its own way. Um, but anyway, this is, this is a, you know, there's many, when I was looking for arguments, there are many of this type, which is like a hard work is good. It's virtuous mm-hmm. and like kind of a hustle culture mentality like get out there and do the hard work and you'll benefit you'll be successful yeah it's very much uh reminiscent of the like more recent version of hustler mentality right wherein like uh, the idea is no one's gonna do it for you right Mm -hmm. and all that time you spent complaining you could have been grinding right and it's 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 not that they that they uh prize the grind itself those you could think so for, for at least some of them but it's it's the willingness to stick with the grind in order to reach the results at the end that is prized right it's the stick to itness uh yeah. um that uh that is is really prized by this this sort of hustler like entrepreneurial spirit uh that we're seeing in in more recent years as a is a kind of like a direct response to this call for working less hours and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, that kind of, it is, a, it, this is a way of tying back in the notion of like universal basic income and things like that, mm-hmm. right? People with this mindset will typically make some kind of argument like, um, it, you know, you get what you earn, right? It's, it's about, it's about mm-hmm. earning it right it's it's about putting in the hours that what that's what you know that's what gets you the reward not waiting for someone to hand it to you right um so i could see a person like this i mean i i don't know about this person specifically the one that you have you've pulled this quote from can't speak for them but i could see some some people with this kind of mindset arguing that something like universal basic income uh is a bad thing in principle uh, because it rewards something like like laziness or to put it another way uh, because it's unearned right it's like it sort of implies this form of entitlement you know like how mm. how are you entitled to this money when you've done nothing for it right right like if you put in the work and the, the sweat and you have grit then what you get out of that uh, the money um, the things you can purchase with that, like you'll appreciate and you'll be able to use it in ways that are good for you, maybe good for society. Whereas if you're just handed it, you won't have the same value uh, attached to it. Yeah. Now, one thing I think that these, this kind of, the the kind of people who make that kind of argument tend to miss, right, is that uh, like they're very much into this idea of being self-made you know, of like achieving it on their own, you know, like I didn't have anyone help me or whatever. I, I like became a, a self-made millionaire, right? Like that's the dream of the, the yeah. standard, like hustle culture person. Right. Um, and, and anyone who's like, you know, arguing for better wages or like, uh, put wanting to put in less work, you know, they're just being lazy. Uh, they're not putting in the grind like I am. One thing that they, they seem to miss frequently is that the other side is uh is is arguing for just compensation in their minds not additional like 
uh, compensation that they aren't entitled to, they are typically making the argument that they are being exploited by mm. their employers and that they are that they are entitled to additional compensation or other measures, you know, like reduced working hours, things like that. Uh, as compensation for that exploitation, right? So this goes back to that that Reddit post we saw earlier, where they compared the billionaires to the dragons, right? And we're arguing right. for the redistribution of wealth, right? Uh, you can make a a hustler style argument against you know the billionaire class, right? You, in what way are you entitled to all of this wealth? when you haven't really put in any work for it, right? You you get this wealth from exploiting, not from working, right? So right. Yeah, that like, is, I, I think there's a lot of, there's some back and forth that could be had here between the two sides. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like Jeff Bezos or whatever billionaire, you know, mm -hmm. they may have had good ideas, they may have worked really hard, but you know, they'd work thousands of or millions of times harder than you know someone who's working at a fast food <laughs> right so right. i mean there's something else going on there where like you know the amount of work you put in is not directly proportional to what you get out of it some of it's luck but some of it's once you pass a certain threshold it's just easier to keep on going because you can use your wealth right your power to as people say you know, your money it. makes money at yeah. a certain point right no labor involved um so yeah, I mean, and so if you prize as someone who prizes this notion of like stick stick to itness and hard work and grit and that kind of thing, um, maybe it's not the billionaire class that should be your heroes, right? Maybe it's uh, maybe it's the person in the office who you know, despite putting in more productivity than their parents and their grandparents did, are receiving less spending power, right? It's mm. You know, they're working hard for less, which mm -hmm. if you value that kind of thing for some reason, uh, <laughs> well, it's maybe laudable. I think this is, I mean, there's also something I didn't really see explicitly stated, but I think people do have the idea that hard work is its own reward to some extent, mm -hmm. or at least um, is more valuable than, you know, if you're like sitting around day and just watching TV if you do some kind of work that isn't wage labor, it's just, you know, you go out and garden or you, you know, clean up the house or care for a loved one. Um, or also doing some kind of like wage labor, like that's going to be more beneficial for you as a person is going to make you a better person than mm -hmm. not working. Um, and so that's, that could also be an element of this hustle culture, hustle, hustle culture where it's not just the outcomes, however much money you make or what you can afford. It's really sure. that you're the type of person that puts in the work and like that is valuable in itself. Yeah, that, that could certainly be a way they could go about it. I think that's that's better in some regards than being like explicitly results oriented. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there are many people arguing now, especially with this new like anti-work movement on Reddit, right? That... Um, sometimes rest right they say rest or laziness right or idleness these are all synonyms right are um is in itself like a good um mm. now their arguments for that are there's a few different kind different ways you can go right one is <laughs> i don't think this is an argument the anti-work people would use 
But uh, as we discussed previously, workers are more productive when they're well rested and that kind of thing. And so therefore, laziness, idleness, etc. can be a boon for productivity, right? So in the service of doing work better, rest can be valuable. Right. There are other arguments that rest is valuable in and of itself. Um, but I think that it's just really, it's, it's too context dependent to really firmly say one way or the other. You know, for example, if you're out in the bush or uh you know some badlands or something and you desperately need to find food if you're going to survive i'm not sure that just lying down and waiting to starve to death is the is the move you know um but at the same some... time if if resources are scarce when you're not like hunting or foraging then it's good to rest because you want to conserve energy so. true but at some point you know at some point some, <laughs> at some work point you gotta do done. something yeah yeah some work should be done at some point yeah uh so it <laughs> to, to bring it back to like work instead of like a just explicit survival situation right like um I mean, we can we can talk again about medical professionals right there are, there are times in which them choosing to be lazy is probably a bad thing right you mm -hmm. know like uh, if you're a, if you're a medical doctor and you're walking by down you know down the street and someone you know desperately needs help you could save them right but uh, i'm taking a lazy day you know i'm, t I'm taking a lazy day that's mm, yeah. it's questionable right that's questionable uh so i don't think laziness is always a virtue um but maybe it is in certain in certain respects um right. that seemed to me like almost an overreaction from mm -hmm. the hustle culture or like the value that people put on work and hard work is just to say like, yeah, no, the opposite is actually valuable where, you know, maybe something in the middle is a little more. Reasonable. Right. I agree. Yeah. The, it, it seems to be like a, both, both movements seem to be like a strong reactions to one another. You know, there are mm -hmm. people in the anti-work movement who are not just saying we should have a, you know, whatever 30, 20 hour work week or, uh four three day as the other person suggested work mm. work work week uh but rather that we should abolish work altogether um and once again you know we're not living in that star trek uh utopia right if, if we were to abolish work altogether uh unless you plan on being a, a subsistence farmer uh, i don't know how that's going to work out right um in right. the long run uh, but on the other hand, this hustle culture idea of just keep putting in the hours and you'll see success, you know, trade your happiness now for like success down the road, like it will pay off. It could come across as naive, you know, if, mm -hmm. if there's genuine exploitation going on by employers, uh, then you can't count on that, right? You, right. you might you might trade your whole life away and never see that result. Uh, especially if what you're aiming for is, you know, to become someone like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, you know, like right. that's quite frankly, not going to happen. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're working two like full-time jobs for minimum wage, like, you know, you're not gonna be able to accumulate that kind of wealth. Like, uh, and you're just like an injury away from, yeah you know, being in medical debt and then just like in a yeah. spiral of poverty like it's really hard to just like work your way out of poverty right through grit and determination yeah i mean maybe 
maybe if you become some kind of entrepreneur and you get just a bit of luck, right? And you work really hard, maybe you can maybe you can become a millionaire. Sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can but it's important to note the world of difference between a multi between a millionaire, even a multimillionaire, and someone like Jeff Bezos, you know, like a billionaire. It, there I mean this it it's an unimaginable degree of difference between right. the two right so the hard, even if you work as hard as you possibly can and achieve that dream of being a multimillionaire it doesn't compare to the wealth that can be accrued through exploitation right uh, it, it just doesn't right so I don't. I don't know the the arguments for redistributing, uh, redistributing the wealth, that sort of thing. They're complex. Uh, you know that we go back into this, the topic of entitlement. You know who's entitled to what, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's it's really messy. Um, but if the facts are that um, that productivity has increased and and companies, corporations, etc are reaping more profits than they ever have yet spending potential of employees is going down it seems like the only way to account for that is exploitation Mm. yeah or if you're very pro-capitalist there's probably like a a word you could use that's not exploitation but it's not charged like exploitation (laughs) yeah yeah you agree uh, to it i mean that there is a efficiency maximization or something Mm -hmm. yeah if you're a super capitalist, you know, the, I think the the right argument is to say something like, listen, uh, no one, you're not a slave. You're not forced to work for them. Go find another job. Go become an entrepreneur. You know, start your own business. I mean, a lot of these things, like the, the immediate response from the other side is going to be something like, that is easier said than done. You know, like I have mouths to feed, you know, blah, 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 you know, um, you know, there's many excuses that are taken to be like legitimate ones for why you have to work for someone else. Um, but at the end of the day, there is some truth in the matter that the the job you have, at least here in the U.S., right? It's it's one you agree to. It's one you agree uh-huh. to, and theoretically, maybe not in maybe maybe not in practice, depending on your needs, but theoretically, could leave at any time. Right. right it's easier for some people than others so oh yeah yeah certainly right. so well it's been about an hour 15 uh so i think we should wrap up um, all right sounds good to me uh, once again there's more to talk about here yeah. um but uh you know, there's just there's so much more to say, and some of it we aren't exactly qualified to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but uh, anyway, we hope it's been interesting at the very least. Yeah. Uh, if you have any uh, comments or uh, suggestions or ad hominems that you would like to throw <laughs> our way, uh, feel free to do so in the comments below, and uh, in the future we might respond to them. I think we also have an email address, right? Yep, arguing with the internet at gmail.com. And that they can find in the description. Yep. We're also available uh, in audio form, if that's more interesting to you. Uh, can also find a link in the description, I believe. Um, yep. But yeah, I think that's about it for this time. 
Um, so, right. see you next time. Yep, see you next time. <laughs>